All right, ACC, SEC, a Super Tuesday doubleheader tonight. We got Duke and Wake at Cameron Indoor. Then you got Kentucky and Ole Miss. Both games are right here on ESPN and the ESPN app. On ESPN Plus, we got Kansas, Kansas State. Great college basketball coming your way tonight. Before we start a new hour, I just, hey, Chris Canty, take a look at this. The home run celebration. This is in the Dominican Winter League. This is Ronald Acuna Jr., a young star. But take a look at the celebration. Uh, how would you grade this? In the, in the majors, I don't know how well this would be received. All right, so he celebrates. He's looking over at his dugout, and he's got a little more to do here. We got a little LeBron. Oh, I like a little LeBron. We got a little something. I, I like. I, I like where he's going with it. I like the swag. I like the juice. We need more of that in Major League Baseball, though. I oh, like the personality oh. for Ronald Acuna Jr. coming out, and he's got the game to back it up. That's what makes it even better. <laughs> Hello. Imagine the opposing pitcher if that Why? happened in a Major League Baseball game. Not going not, on we're not. We're not. Uh, uh, oh, the next. The next batter is getting hit. Yeah, There's no question about that. That's exactly right. Got <laughs> right, yeah. All right. <laughs> we got a lot working today. We're live at the Seaport. We're brought to you by Chase. Legler's here with the hoops. The football is always covered on this show. Let's do it. In fact, Legler, let's start right across the river behind us in Brooklyn last night. Nets and Lakers. Uh, no LeBron. No Anthony Davis. Maybe they'll play tonight as they play back-to-back -back nights in this city. They'll be at the Garden tonight. Meanwhile, Kyrie Irving, since the departure, the injury, I should say, to Kevin Durant, he's been terrific. He's reminded people. <laughs> who he is. This is, I think, the best stretch he's had as a net. He's locked in. He's engaged. He's been healthy. And he has been obviously taking over the offense with KD out. And you saw a cranky Pat Beverly there as the Lakers continue to have trouble with the officiating. But it is Kyrie having no trouble. Yeah, this might be the best finishing small guard this league has ever seen. He can do it with either hand, great body control. And you know, without... Without LeBron, without AD, the Nets had their way offensively. Little pocket pass. Uh, the Lakers here turning defense into offense is Brooklyn, and that's Kyrie were going the other way. He had 26.7 boards, six assists. Yeah, and Nets are starting to round into four. Some of their role players have played extremely well during this stretch also. That's going to help them when KD eventually comes back and they find their rhythm collectively. Big threat in the East. He took quite a few steps there on the baseline, but he was able to knock down the three. And so the Nets improved to four and six since Kevin Durant got hurt. While on the other side, the Lakers, who again will be here tonight against the Knicks, they've lost three out of four. Assuming he doesn't miss any games, LeBron James is on pace to break Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time scoring record in Los Angeles towards the middle or end of next week when they will play the Thunder and then the Bucks. All right, back to the football here. One of the biggest things to watch ahead of this Super Bowl, of course, will be the health of the ankle of Patrick Mahomes and how it'll hold up against an extraordinary Eagles pass rush. Remember, that team has 78 sacks, including the playoffs. Chiefs-Eagles will be just the third-ever Super Bowl matchup that features the number one passing offense against the number one passing defense. So it's strength against strength. And if you see, historically, mm. the defenses have come out victorious. And, and the, the Seahawks with that legion of boom, <laughs> that was not a close game. 43-8, to eight, if memory serves. So we'll see if history repeats itself there, and the health of the ankle will be significant. But as we talk about Patrick Mahomes, you know, Marcus, you made a, a comment earlier in this show that I think would probably surprise a lot of people if, you, if they just sort of hear it in a vacuum. So let's have you explain it. You said Patrick Mahomes is even better than we thought he was. Why? Gee, because we've never seen them limited in a high-stakes game when the team that came in – make no mistake about it. The team that came in with the Cincinnati Bengals was better than the Kansas City Chiefs mm. based on what we have been watching for the last eight weeks of the, of the season. Not saying the Chiefs weren't playing well, 
But when we looked at Cincinnati, we looked at a team that was hitting on all cylinders. Talking about Lou Anarumbo and how great he was defensively. Obviously, the, the, the dumb conversation of Joe Burrow being better than him came up. I don't know where the hell that came from. And then you talk about the receivers and the skill position players for the Cincinnati Bengals. And if you would have told me that the Kansas City Chiefs would lose their three top wide receivers in a playoff game against Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, the only place you would have to look is that Patrick Mahomes. Oh, by the way, Patrick Mahomes had a high ankle sprain in this game, and he stood in the pocket and delivered. And then when it took guts to make a play to win, he got on his legs, on that bad ankle, and rushed to try to get his team in a situation where they could kick a game-winning field goal. And obviously, the penalty by Asai, who I felt terrible for, helped push them forward to get this W. But when you think about what we saw from Patrick Mahomes out of all of the things that we've seen him do, do, do greatly, this game was the most stacked against him and he delivered while he was physically limited mm -hmm. in order to be able to win a game against a team that was better than him coming into the stadium. He might be better than we thought he was. Yeah, that's the thing. And I think when you talk about what this year has been for him, right? Like you say, he lost those three receivers in the course of the AFC Championship game. But that, that's kind of a microcosm of what he did this year, right? They lose Tyreek Hill. They bring in yep. a bunch of new guys. And, and the message to Patrick Mahomes in the offseason is, this one's on you. You are going mm. to have to be a part of making this work. And he took that to heart. I remember talking to him in training camp about it and the, and the way he spoke about it, you know, his role in it and having to bring guys along. And, and which guy was going to play which role, we don't know yet. We have to make sure they can all be capable of different things. You know, the running back is a rookie, right? I mean, like, the, the way this team came together around this quarterback this year, it doesn't surprise me that they were able to, that he was able to rally them uh, in the AFC Championship because it's just a smaller version of what he's been doing and what he's been overcoming all season long. And Chris, you were making the point, if we were to ask the question, what is at stake for Mahomes in this Super Bowl, you could make an argument that if he wins a week from Sunday, that his trajectory might be as good as any in the history mm -hmm. of the sport at the age, again, he's only 27 years old. Yeah, it's strange to have that part of the conversation, but Seems right. who else are you comparing Pat Mahomes to? Oh, Tom Brady. He has no current equal in the NFL. I mean, not this version of Tom Brady, but you're talking about Tom Brady, you know, from yesteryear. And, and so when you look at what Pat Mahomes has done, I mean, through the first six seasons of his career, he's tied with Tom Brady for the most playoff wins. He's got 10 playoff wins. Now, for context, Peyton Manning has 13. Yeah. Think about that. For <laughs> yeah. an entire career. Yeah. And that's where Pat Mahomes is already through his sixth season. He's going to his third Super Bowl. So that means he's on pace to go to a Super Bowl every other year. Yeah. That's what Tom Brady was known for, 10 Super Bowls over 22 seasons. So to think about what Pat Mahomes is doing and wrap your mind around it, it's really hard to do. But the one thing that I will say about him, Pat Mahomes doesn't get enough credit for his physical toughness. Because yeah. this ain't the first time we've seen him on a bad, at a bad wheel in the playoffs. We saw it a few years ago in the AFC Championship game where they blew the doors off the Buffalo Bills. He threw for over 400 yards. Think about the physical toughness of Pat Mahomes, what he had to push through. When I was watching that game, I thought to myself, Pat Mahomes on one leg. How many other quarterbacks is he better than in the National Football League? You saw the names of the legends that he will join when he becomes the fourth quarterback ever. Again, when? If they win a week from Sunday, the fourth ever to win multiple MVPs and multiple Super Bowls, Brady Montana and Peyton Manning, and he will be, if he does it, by far the youngest 
to get there of that group. Now, so there's two teams that are still trying to win the championship. There are 30 that are figuring out their future, and one of them plays in Dallas, where it was announced over the weekend that Kellen Moore will not return as their offensive coordinator. Almost immediately, he got another job. If he missed it yesterday, he will be the OC with the Chargers. In the meantime, Mike McCarthy, it appears, is likely to take over the play-calling responsibility. Our Dan Orlovsky has these thoughts. They have to hire an offensive coordinator. You're firing yourself if you don't. This is a team for two years in a row that's got clock management issues. Now we're going to take the head coach who's struggled with clock management (laughs) issues and give him the burden of being a play caller. So 100% hire an offensive coordinator. To be clear, they almost certainly will hire an offensive coordinator. Every team has one, including the ones that have head coaches who call plays. It's just a question of whether he calls the plays. You can hire someone who you intend to have call the plays. You can hire someone to be your clock management expert if you want to, whatever the case may be. Mike McCarthy is sort of taking this thing and saying, if I'm going down, I'm going down my way. I'm good with that. The question is, he's not the only one who may be on the clock this year. The quarterback has no guaranteed money in his contract after this coming season. How about the pressure on him this year? Oh, yeah, it's a prove-it year for Dak, but I think it's easier to replace a head coach than it is a quarterback, especially a quarterback that is as talented as Dak Prescott is. Now, is he the force multiplier that some of the other better quarterbacks are, like Mahomes, like Jalen Hurts, like Joe Burrow? No, he's not that. You need everything around Dak Prescott to be very good, including the coach. The coach is going to have to be the difference in some games when you're going up against teams that, from a talent standpoint, are on par with where you're at. That's the trouble that the Dallas Cowboys have run into with Mike McCarthy the last couple of years when they're facing off against teams like San Francisco and like the Philadelphia Eagles. So I think that's what Jerry has to take a long, hard look at. But based on what he's done the past couple of weeks with firing half the staff, including the offensive coordinator who got a job in less than 24 hours with a better quarterback and a better offensive team, I just don't understand how they expect that to work out. I don't know the last time we've seen that work out for an NFL incumbent head coach. So, so Marcus, this question just jumped into my head again as our former resident, former Cowboys. Both of you guys, of course, are former Cowboys. But, um, Marcus, this move feels like if – if it was sold to Jerry Jones, it would have been sold as this is the way we get Dak to where we want him to be. We all saw Dak did not have a good year. We all saw what felt like a bit of a regression. Does this feel like this is an effort to unlock the quarterback in what amounts to the final year of his, of his guaranteed contract? <laughs> Gee, it's the hardest question on earth because the last time we saw Mike McCarthy, his offense was vanilla. This is why he was out of Green Bay. So, Mm -hmm. look, creativity, make no mistake about it. Creativity now is the way you got to play offense when you don't have guys like Patrick Mahomes. And even their coaches have creativity in what they do from an offensive standpoint. Or Joe Burrow where they could just drop straight back and you have the talent around you for those guys to just operate. That's not Dak Prescott. I think the biggest misconception about all of our conversations with Dak Prescott, when we've had him over the years and even up to this point, is that I don't know how some way it gets misconstrued that we put him in an elite class of quarterbacks. I don't recall any of my colleagues ever saying that. He's had moments when we know that Dak has been really, really good. But to be an elite quarterback, you got to be able to go out there, all right, devoid of three receivers like I just talked about, and be able to find some way to wheel your team to a win. 
There's only three or four guys in the league that's like that that we've seen have a consistent track record of doing that. Dak is not that guy. I wonder if a year from now we're sitting here saying, you know what? A great place for Dak Prescott would be the San Francisco 49ers because that's the way that that offense is built, right? We do it every we do it every single offseason because we know that quarterbacks in that system aren't called on to have to be elite force multipliers, the word that we like to use. But this is on Dak Prescott to figure out where this organization and franchise is going to go uh, to the future. But, G, I'm going to give you this. I'm going to leave you with this, brother. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we always talk about we always talk about Phil Jackson, okay? Yeah. We always talk about how great of a coach he was. Phil Jackson coached Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, and Shaq, okay? Yeah. There's something to be said for the great <laughs> coaches always being attached to guys that we think are considered elite. Um, when Mike McCarthy won his Super Bowl, Aaron Rodgers was his quarterback playing at the elite level. Bill mm-hmm. Belichick is known as the GOAT in football. Guess who his quarterback was? Like, mm-hmm. we, we, we have these situations all over the league where we start thinking about guys in a different vein. Dak is not a guy that's going to throw and, and go crazy to lead you to a Super Bowl. He's a guy you can win with, but you got to be in a great system and you got to have great players, and Dallas don't have that right now. So it's call plays Mike McCarthy, but if you call him plays for dudes that can't hit the side of a born, you ain't going to win the game anyway. That's fair. You know, if you look at the question very specifically, is his job on the line? Like, we'll know the answer to yeah. that reasonably soon, right? What the Cowboys do with this contract this offseason will, will give us the answer. He has one year left of guaranteed money. Two years left on the deal, one of guaranteed money. So they have a $49 million cap hit. They would like to get that down. If they extend him as a means of reducing that cap hit, you know they're committed to him long term. If they don't, if they decide to roll with it and just and just deal with that mm-hmm. as the cap, then you'll know that they have questions about him beyond this year and, and that his job is actually on the line. I think it's interesting. He's never not had Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore was on the team Dak's first two years, and he's been on the coaching staff ever since. So it's it's a it's a pretty big change for him. I'm curious to see how it goes. Hey, look, the, the, it is. It, it's massive. Why are you laughing like that? Because the solution to fixing Dak Prescott is throw more money at him. It's, no, no, it's, it's, no, no, it's no, no, insane no, to think it, about. No, no, I, no, I get, know I get if that's what they're going to do. No, I, no, I get, they'll I get tell what us their intention. I, I get what yeah. you're saying, but just the idea of it after a guy led the league in interceptions is crazy. But here's the thing I will say. Kellen Moore had a job in two seconds after he got fired. He did. That lets me know that the NFL, the perception is that Kellen Moore wasn't the problem down in Dallas. Marcus, I literally have 10 seconds. Go. We will know about Dak Prescott based on what Jerry Jones and his staff does around him this year coming into the season. Because we can sit here and get up and acknowledge that this team ain't good enough to win their own division from a talent standpoint. Fair enough. All right, we'll leave it there. Obviously, a lot more to be said about it, but there were other veteran quarterbacks that we need to talk about. And as Marcus says, we always tend to put them all in San Francisco. So after the news that we got on Brock Purdy yesterday, which if you haven't seen it, it's not good, the question becomes, does Tom Brady wind up in his old hometown? Uh, We will talk about that. And then if Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are headed for a divorce, there are some who believe the Jets are a good landing spot. One of us doesn't believe that. I'm becoming decreasingly a fan of that one of us. We'll explain why next. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. 
For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Unleash more possibilities with cutting-edge systems, their most advanced features, and great prices. Plus, curate your dream setup with deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to state-of-the-art technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Anniversary savings await you for a limited time only at dell.com slash deals. That's dell.com slash deals. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from $25 and under to $100 and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. All right, the game is called Believe It or Not. Chris Canty, let's start with the, the Cincinnati Bengals. If I said the Bengals made a mistake with all that trash talk, believe it or not. Oh, you better believe it, especially the guy that coined the phrase Burrowhead, Mike Hilton. He had a day to forget in the AFC Championship game, allowed eight catches on nine targets into his coverage, 133 yards, one touchdown, and a 155.8 passer rating to go on top of a DPI penalty late in the fourth quarter. Not a great day for Mike Hilton in the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm going to call it Hilton Head. <laughs> yeah. Well played. Yeah. All right. Just for that, Graziano, you get the next one. If I said uh, Justin Herbert's going to have his best season ever with Kellen Moore calling plays, believe it or not. Sure, believe it. I mean, I mean Kellen Moore, like the Dallas offense was – top four, top five every single year uh, that he was there as, as coordinator. Justin Herbert is an immensely talented player that's already set records in his first three years. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's entirely possible he just ascends to another level here. And then finally, let's talk about Tom Brady. Marcus, if I said Tom Brady can still lead a team to a Super Bowl, do you believe it or not? No, not based on what I watched this year. I, I watched Tom Brady be Afraid to get hit. I watched him throw balls in the dirt. I saw some of the upside and the things that he did well, um, but not based off the last year that I watched him play football in Tampa. Fair enough. Okay, well, so let me segue to my next topic by showing you this. G don't okay? even know what to do. G, <laughs> you didn't know what to do with that. <laughs> I don't know what to do. What, what do I do in a league without Tom Brady? Well, let me show you this. In San Francisco, we learned yesterday that the injury to Brock Purdy on Sunday was even worse than we feared. It, it, it may be a torn UCL. It may keep him out six months. He might have to have surgery. He's looking for second opinions. It's terrible news. We know that Jimmy Garoppolo is a free agent. We know that Trey Lance is both inexperienced and also coming back from pretty serious injuries. And then here's what the next thing I know. Caesar Sportsbook has the 49ers as the second likeliest team to win the Super Bowl next year, ahead of Josh Allen, ahead of the Eagles, who might win it this year, ahead of Justin Herbert, behind only, it's not Justin Herbert, excuse me, Joe Burrow, behind only the Kansas City Chiefs. And what that suggests to me is that Las Vegas does not think that the quarterback of the 49ers next year is going to be Brock Purdy or Trey Lance. 
there is, that means we should do some reckless speculation and engage in the possibility that one of the legendary veterans from Northern California, like Tom Brady, might be in San Francisco next year. Am I barking up the wrong tree, Graziano? I don't think it's right. Re- I mean, I, I, reckless speculation is a fun segment. I don't, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's a ridiculous suggestion. I mean, like, they may need a veteran to come in because you have two young – Garoppolo's a free agent, probably going to leave, although, although we thought that last year. Right. Um, <laughs> you have two young guys that are both recovering from injury, so you really don't know what you're going to get there. And if you have the opportunity – what, what those odds tell you is that – is that Vegas doesn't care who the 49ers quarterback is, right? They think that highly of the roster and the head coach and everything else they have going on there. So uh, I think, yeah, you could bring Tom Brady into a situation, play around with the offensive line a little bit, you know, have him throw that that short stuff to those great yards after catch guys they have there. And you could suit. look, they're literally like one healthy quarterback, like any healthy quarterback plays on Sunday and they have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. So that's that's uh, Tom Brady could certainly be that guy. Th- that's fair. So so then let's do this. Let's say Chris Canty that you are sitting right there on mm-hmm. the day if we get the news Tom Brady is signing with the 49ers sometime in March or wherever it is that he's ready to make that decision. If if we get that news and I turn to you and I say Chris Canty are the 49ers now your favorite to win the NFC, what will your answer be? No, that's going to be the Philadelphia Eagles, but the 49ers give themselves a better chance to go into the Lincoln win the conference championship game with Tom Brady as opposed to Trey Lance or Brock Purdy. We don't know what those two players are right. going to be coming off of those injuries. Top Brock Purdy, the UCL on his throwing arm. You know, Trey Lance had multiple surgeries to fix that broken leg, so there were some complications there. We don't know what those guys are. We do know what Tom Brady is, and I get it. Some of the shine wore off on what happened this year. I blame that on coaching or lack thereof from Todd Bowles, more so than Tom Brady. But the situation in San Francisco reminds me a lot of what it was in Tampa in 2020 when you had a competent head coach and you had the supporting cast in place for Brady to take advantage of. And the part that nobody's talking about is Tom Brady's intangibles and what he brings to an organization in terms of teaching guys how to prepare to compete at a championship level. Think back to that 2020 offseason in the middle of a pandemic. Those guys are getting together at local high schools and parks and organizing throwing camps for those receivers and the quarterback to get on the same page. So that's what Tom Brady brings to an organization, not only the productivity on the field, but the intangibles in the locker room. Look at your former teammate, Marcus Spears. He looks skeptical. Why is that, Swagger? Don't be skeptical, Marcus. Bro, bro, that team in Tampa had Mike Evans, they signed Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, mm-hmm. and that offense, they, they got Leonard Fournette over. This San Francisco offense ain't that. And we, I, look, man, I think San Francisco Whoa. offense is phenomenal. <laughs> they ain't. Whoa. Chris, I don't know. Tom Brady. I don't know. Tom Brady was throwing. Tom Brady was throwing the ball to George Kittle. You need more people. Wait, wait, Marcus, go ahead. Y'all, don't you dare compare this offense to that offense that Tom Brady had when they won the Super Bowl. Are y'all crazy? Antonio Brown was trending towards being the best wide receiver ever to play football. Mike Evans is a Hall of Famer right now. That, that offense was unreal. And guess what? When we start talking about all of those things that came into place for the, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the other thing they did – oh, by the way, I forgot about this, G. They also yeah. got Rob Gronkowski. 
Right. They also had Rob Gronkowski on that team as well. Don't right. compare these skill positions to that team in Tampa. Don't do it. Don't, this would be like Burrow and Pat Mahomes. Don't do, y'all do it. Okay? Wow. You can't do this to me right at the bottom of an hour. I have to take a quick wow. break. We're going to say, go Allie, ahead, go we're ahead, sketching man. out some go time. Ahead. We're going we're gonna to carve out some time to come back to this because it is an interesting question. We will come back to it. The question is, can't, would Tom Brady make the 49ers the team to beat? We will get you the man, answer. In the meantime, we're also going to do this. Uh, we, this weekend, we saw a couple of instances where officials just seem to have issues, let's call it that, in the biggest moments of big games. Is this a problem, or is it something that we can solve? We'll go after it next. Get up on ESPN. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, back on Get Up. And if you were paying attention to sports this weekend, you know that, unfortunately, the officiating became a big part of the conversation in two different sports. That was LeBron James being obviously and blatantly hacked on the arm, attempting what probably would have been a game-winning layup against the Celtics. Uh, They would wind up losing in overtime. Then we get to Sunday and... All of the issues that they had in Kansas City. This was the punt return by Sky Moore that set up the game-winning field goal. There was an obvious block in the back, maybe more than one. Then there's a ridiculously blatant hold uh, here on the play that Patrick Mahomes winds up scrambling and Joseph Osai hits him. It's the game that essentially, uh, the play that wins the game for Kansas City. And it was just part of a day in which there were a lot of issues with the officiating, particularly in that game. And and the fans, if you were on Twitter or anywhere else, you saw that that was an enormous reaction to it. So sometimes people will hear this and they say, we got to get involved in the conversation. Others might say, you know, they roll their eyes and they say, this is a conversation they don't like hearing. But a time where their players have never been better in all sports, coaches have never been better, Stakes have never been higher. Scrutiny has never been more intense. It is impossible to ignore when we have issues like this. The question is, is there something obvious? Well, maybe not obvious, because if it was obvious, we'd have done it. Is there some way to make this better? Like, let me start, because I, I wanted to bring in people from the different sports. 
How is there a solution to things like that in the NBA? Very difficult in the NBA. I, I, and here's why. I think they've done about everything they can. You know, we looked at that play with LeBron James, and obviously that's why we're talking about this now, because it was an obvious foul that was missed by three officials, including one standing five feet away looking right up at a shooter trying to win the game at the rim. I mean, if anybody's got to be protected, it's a shooter about to try to take a shot to win a game, and he wasn't. So we're talking about it. What do you do? I mean, this is not a reviewable play, so it's a difficult thing. Now, you start playing with things. And I said, hey, what if you came up with a situation like this and only in a very specific circumstance, inside of 10 seconds, on a shooting foul or not, where two of the three officials get together and say, we need to take another look at that. So I say call it like a majority review, yeah. where they just know this needs to be looked at and the coaches don't have the ability to do that in that situation because when it's that obvious – and you have a team that should have won the game, not have an opportunity to do it, it's a problem. We were here that night, Saturday night. It was our game on ABC, and so our crew was here together. And if you heard it, this was a situation where the Lakers didn't have their challenge left, and a non-foul call is not automatically reviewable. They could have looked at it if they had called it a foul, and Jeff Van Gundy on the telecast said, look, What's the point of having replay if you can't correct this, if there isn't some mechanism to correct this? So then shifting it over to football. Marcus, I was trying to read your face as I was sort of doing the setup on this. As one who played the sport at the highest level for a long time, you obviously saw and heard the conversation. You're active on social media. You know how the fans were reacting during that game. What is your take on all of this, the, the, the level of importance and whether or not anything can be done? Gee, at the, at, at the player level, when you're on the field, it sucks. But it's hard. Like, look, man, human error is a part of it. And I know people hate to hear that when their team is on the opposite side and we show clips like the, 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 the punt return or the kickoff return. That wasn't a block in the back to me. The holding, it happens every play. Me and Chris played on the D-line. I'm telling you, every single play that you show in a pass rush, you can make an argument for holding. So mm -hmm. I, I, I think the one thing about the, this game in particular with Cincinnati and Kansas City was the blowing of the play being dead. That was mm -hmm. the one thing that I said that would probably make me lose my mind. But all of this other stuff that's happening, bang, bang, or making the right calls, it, it's just, it's a part of it, man. And we hate that part of it. Because we all can sit at home and go and rewind and slow motion and we can decipher if it was a penalty or not. It's just not happening like that when you're on the field. And as players, we understand that even though we get frustrated. But these guys are not seeing it and afforded to see it like we are. And trust me, I am not an NFL or an NBA referee apologist. I just know how difficult it is to make some calls or make every call that we think is a call in these games. And look, the NFL has made, both leagues have. The NBA puts out their two-minute report, all that kind of stuff. The NBA referees acknowledged it was a bad call, said they would have sleepless nights. And the NFL, they have instituted this, what do they call it, the immediate expedited, expedited review. review that they've been doing during these playoffs that we've seen. And for the most part, that has been working very well. So Chris Canty, again, longtime NFL player, now observer and, and, and analyst. What is your perspective on all of this? I agree with Marcus wholeheartedly. You don't let the game come down to those calls from the officials. Control what you can control as a player. As fans, we look back and we see some egregious mistakes, whether you want to talk about the punt return and not calling the block in the back in the AFC Championship game, or you want to go back to 2018 with Nikel Roby Coleman against the New Orleans Saints, where there was a blatant pass interference call, and the Saints don't get that benefit of the doubt. 
in those situations, you still have an opportunity to control your fate. If you're the Saints, you could have got a stop in overtime and ended up winning that game. Oh, no, if you're the Bengals, Joseph Asai, don't push Pat Mahomes in the back <laughs> and get a, a roughing, roughing call and, and give them the 15 yards and make it a 45-yard field goal yeah. instead of a 60-yard field goal. So there are always breaks within the game that you can control yourself, but as a player, you can't let it come down to the official. And, Dan, as I bring you in, yeah. I just want to mention also that Dan covered Major League Baseball for a very long time, so yeah. you have a perspective. Look, since you stopped covering them, they instituted yeah. a level of instant replay, and so all the sports have it, and it's right. a disaster. Right. So, look, first of all, the Saints won the coin toss in overtime that day. Yeah. Like they got the ball first. Right. Yeah. through an interception, so they, they had the opportunity to overcome it. I, I think Marcus's point about game administration is a good one, right? Like, the, the egregious part of that game was where, where they, they, they couldn't explain why they had had to replay that third down because uh, they, had, they were supposed to blow the, blow the play dead and the clock kept running, whatever. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of stuff that I think you say, oh, officials need to get better at that kind of thing. If you start seeing those yeah. kinds of mistakes, then you talk about are the officials good enough. And they're missing calls. I mean, officials have been missing calls for 100 years. Yeah. Like, and, they're gonna, and, and as long as you have human officials, there will be missed calls. There were calls early in the, in the Bengals-Chiefs game that went the Bengals' way, that the crowd was booing. Uh, there was – last year I was at the Bengals-Raiders playoff game. And remember the play? Burroughs running to the sideline and there was like an inadvertent whistle. Yeah. Yes. And they let the play go on anyway. People were mad about that. Yeah, here it is. There, people were mad about that one. They let it go because it didn't have any effect on the play. So it's the opposite of what happened Sunday when they replay the thing. So there's, it, it, it's one of those things that's always going to be an issue. I don't know that there's evidence that officiating has gotten worse over the years. If there is, I would love to see it. I would read that study, and I would want to know what we can do about it. I do think there's evidence that, that players, uh, LeBron James, Pat Beverly, are a little less tolerant of it. Than Marcus, give me a quick 10-second final thought. Yeah, and, and I'll be seeing this. I'll be seeing these conversations about the NFL and the NBA being rigged. Let me tell y'all something. I played nine years in the NFL. I ain't never yeah. one time go out there thinking, "Well, we got to lose this game because they got yeah. an agenda." We right, lost yeah. the damn game because right. we didn't play well enough. So let mm -hmm. me disband that misnomer. In my nine years, somebody else may feel like it was rigged, but I'm telling you, I never got a memo saying, hey, go out here and let the Washington team win the game because it's going to look better for the NFL and we want this quarterback to go on in the playoffs. We lost the damn game because right. Clint Portis and they kept run, running zone stretch. That's right. why we lost the game. Chris <laughs> knows what I'm clear. talking about. <laughs> the leagues are not rigged. They are doing the best that they can. The screw <laughs> And that's what I meant by at the beginning has yeah. never been higher yeah. in large part because of the increased presence of gambling in all of this. Yeah. People now no longer only have their rooting interest at stake, but there is money mm -hmm. at stake. Yeah. So there are going to be more eyeballs and more people upset with the things <laughs> that we see. That's the reality of it going forward. Whether they can make any incremental improvement, I suppose, remains to be seen. All right, legs. Let's go over there and talk some basketball because we got a bunch of interesting things that happened. Game of the night last night. We had the Lakers and the Nets in Brooklyn. Brooklyn here, uh, and we talked about it earlier. We showed you the highlight. Kyrie Irving had a very good game. LeBron didn't play. Anthony Davis didn't play. And the Nets wind up getting the win. And so, Legs, let, let's run through uh, the reality for both of these teams and then a few others. So you've got LeBron James, who is healthy and is having it right now. I mean, he, he was hurt last night, but he, he's generally speaking playing at a ridiculously high level. First team all NBA caliber level at the age of 38. Anthony Davis, in theory, is back, and we'll see what happens. Is this a Laker team? Right there, they're 13th place right now in the West, but they're a good week away from actually being right. in the top four. 
Is this a team you could see making a move or two and actually becoming someone to be reckoned with in the second half and late part of the season? Well, I think they're going to have to make a move to be put into that category. Look, LeBron James, because of the way he's playing, they're going to be a team that's going to be a difficult matchup for any of those top teams. You're talking about potentially you know, surviving a play-in, and then you get a Denver, a Memphis. You know, Neither of those teams have made a run all the way to the finals, and you've got to play a healthy LeBron James playing this well. So I think the Lakers do have to add a piece. I think they you need to add some shooting and another reliable scorer in case LeBron James is getting a blow in the game or Anthony Davis goes down at some point again. So look for them to be active, I think, before the trading deadline. But look, to go on the road three straight series mm-hmm. in the Western Conference and survive the play-in t- initially, that's a tall order. But you can't dismiss them because of the way LeBron James looks. That player you were seeing there is Eric Gordon of the Rockets, who was exactly the kind of shooter that Legs was saying maybe the Lakers would need. And then let's talk about the Nets. Kyrie, again, played great last night. He has been playing great since yeah. Kevin Durant got hurt. Durant was playing at an MVP level before he got hurt and, in theory, should be able to go back to that when he comes back. Is this a team that we could see actually making it to the NBA Finals? Yes, absolutely. They're, they're in that group along with Milwaukee, Boston, and Philadelphia in the Eastern Conference. I mean, that's going to be an incredible second round and beyond in the East. And, and when you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on your roster, particularly the way Kyrie has looked right now. I think it's his best stretch since he got to Brooklyn. He just looks completely locked in. He looks like a guy that's reminding us of how great he potentially can be. And one thing we know about Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, if they are healthy at the right time, neither of those guys is going to run from the light. They embrace the big stage. They embrace pressure. And if you have two guys at the top of your roster to look like that, you've got an absolute chance in the East. There's no question. And then let's go back to the West to finish it up. Steph is playing great. Klay Thompson is starting to roll a little bit. The Warriors, who've been so up and down early, are starting to win some games. Have we, to to quote Mark Twain, have the reports of the demise of the Golden State Warriors been greatly exaggerated? They have. I picked them to repeat before the season, and I'm not going to sit here and say I haven't had some (laughs) doubts about that prediction. But at the same time, you know, you just want to wait for a team that's had this many deep postseason runs. You know the regular season is just not as pressing to a team like the Golden State Warriors as some other teams. So all along, you're kind of just waiting to see. And for me, the biggest storyline around this team by far is the fact that Klay Thompson looks like he is back at the level he was at his absolute peak in Golden State. He's consistent again. He's highly efficient again. He has these quarters where he erupts again. That, to me, has been the biggest storyline because if he couldn't quite get there, I don't think they were going to have enough with some guys getting older and whatnot. But the fact that he looks that good, I think the Golden State Warriors absolutely still potentially could have run. And by the way, when it's all said and done with all the stuff that's going on with this team, I think they end up third in the Western Conference going into the playoffs. Behind Denver and Memphis, so you got the young guys, the young guns, and and then you would get maybe Golden State and maybe somewhere in there LeBron, so it could be a very interesting postseason. Great to have you back. Thanks, Greeny. Timmy Legler with us as we start segueing here. In the meantime, Aaron Rodgers, he's getting set to play golf at Pebble Beach Beach this weekend, which sounds awfully nice. Uh, Are the Packers getting set to trade him to a new team? That's a huge step. we got a lot to say about it. We will next. Get up on ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, 
Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Well, it is probably the most commonly asked question around football conversation these days. What will happen with Aaron Rodgers and his future? Will it be in Green Bay or will it be somewhere else? So let us dive into that. There are many people who believe that the New York Jets are the right place for Aaron Rodgers to continue his career if in Green Bay is not going to be that place. You don't seem to agree, Chris Canty. Why not? No, because I think the Miami Dolphins could be a better fit for Aaron Rodgers when you consider the skill positions that they're bringing to the party. This was a playoff team despite their starting quarterback missing parts of six games this season. That's a third of the year. But when Tua was in the lineup, he looked like an MVP candidate. And this was a quarterback that everybody had a lot of questions about coming into this year. So insert Aaron Rodgers into that offense. I think it's as effective as we saw Tua this court during the course of this season. So it's already a playoff team. They'd have to restructure some contracts in order to make their salary cap work. But I think Miami should take the philosophy that we saw from the Rams a few years ago, F them picks, trade some future ones, and go after A-Rod. You know, Miami was a playoff team in spite of their quarterback missing a bunch of games. The Jets were a playoff contender in spite of, like, having no quarterback whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, I mean like, that, that, they, that made the worst quarterback play in the entire league, right? For sure. Statistically. So, um, yeah, I, I think you look at the young receivers. I think you look at the defense. I mean, I, I, think, it's, I think it's a good spot for them. I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, the New York, Jets. Yeah, the New York Jets. Yeah. And, and look, Nathaniel Hackett, because of the job he did in Denver this year, became a punchline. You know, he – He's an offensive coordinator that Aaron Rodgers knows, likes, and trusts. And, mm. and, and that would make it possibly an appealing destination and yes. also potentially a successful Nathaniel one. Hackett, by the way, is a genius. And I came <laughs> to that conclusion at the exact moment that he signed to become the offensive coordinator of the Jets. Marcus, break the tie. If Aaron Rodgers – and you know what? I'll even include going back to Green Bay. What, what, what gives him the best chance of winning the most quickly as far as what he does this offseason? Winning – going all the way back to the Super Bowl, which team gives him the best chance? Now, that's a tough question because the NFC, I feel like, is the least yeah. amount of resistance right. um, mm -hmm. when it comes to trying to get to an NFC championship. But I think team-wise, the team would be better if he went to New York. Um, and, and, G, I know you like to hear that. But ultimately, like, this is about Aaron Rodgers' commitment to making, making sure that he's going to show up and be there when they need to prepare and get ready to play a season. And I don't know, it, it may be because Green Bay just ran his course or he was having, you know, his 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 stuff in the offseason for his holistic body and what he was trying to do and take care of himself. But when you look at this roster in New York, supported by a really good defense, the last time we saw him win a Super Bowl, by the way, he had a top five defense in the NFL mm -hmm. in Green Bay. But these skill position players that are in New York, I think they – not think – they've been limited because of quarterback play. Think about where we were last year, and Grouse brought up the great point. We were having the conversation that Mike White was going to be the savior for the Jets. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, <laughs> That's how we had that conversation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I, I the New York Jets. So, 
I'm done with that conversation. You don't want to have Mike White No, it's not a conversation yeah. I want to have ever again. I've said it before. Aaron Rodgers <laughs> will turn Garrett Wilson into Devontae Adams. Aaron, Ooh. please, whatever you Ooh. do, McAfee, make it happen. You know, I, think we should, I think we should take the show on location to Pebble Beach. Yes. Aaron's there. And, and talk with Aaron. And pitch him. I pitch that. I like somebody. everything about the done. sound of that. In the well, meantime, go ahead. it is now time for a championship <laughs> version of security. <laughs> now, I know some people in this league need security. Everybody ain't getting dumped around here. This long gone mother law. He needs a new security guard. They better find somebody quick. Athleticism is a trait of being a security guard. And when you don't have none, you get your quarterback killed by a little guy. It's like when the big dude run up on one of the little dudes and then you find out he's a damn MMA fighter and you get beat to sleep. You need new security. Huh. All right, here we go. A championship weekend edition of Security. Marcus, take it away. You know what time it is, G, and it was some guys that needed security, and unfortunately, security oh. cost them to not be in the club no more. Oh. First of all, call Shanahan. You got to put 350-pound security guards at the damn dope, and don't be trying to put them dudes that look muscular but can't bust a grape. That's what he was trying to do to Hassan Reddick. This man had 17 sacks coming into the season. You got your pole tight end out there trying to guard the dope. There is no velvet rope to get in this club. Hassan Reddick just walked straight in with no resistance. That's the first one. Brock Purdy needed new security, even though he hurt his UCL. Oh, this is the team y'all keep talking about Tom Brady need to go to. Well, they better find some interior guards. Because Indomitian Sue said, nope, you can't play with your second quarterback. Oh. Actually, you can't play with your fourth quarterback either. I'm going to come in here with somebody. <laughs> C2 is what I call Chris Kenny. Chris, think about this. They brought Sue in to play the damn run. He was a run stopper <laughs> like me. You were the pass rusher. Sue got a sack in a one-on-one. They needed new security in San Francisco. But go there, Tom Brady, who's afraid to get hit. And last but not least, Chris Jones, y'all. Chris Jones was phenomenal. He took over this game. I said it all week. He would have to be the best player. I never thought I would say Joe Burrow needed new security in critical times because we've seen Joe Burrow be able to deliver. But here it is. Chris Jones told Frank Clark, I mean, Dunlap, hey, man, move inside. Let me come out here and get this one-on-one. They don't know I'm going to do it. The Cincinnati Bengals offensive line, we're used to saying that their quarterback needs new security, but it wasn't no offensive line in the NFL that could have dealt with 95. All them need Needed new security. Some of it was on their coaches, but most importantly, these offensive lines just removed the velvet rope and they said, come on in. Like me and Chris Kennedy used to do when we was rookie. The club is open. We in there. We'll be at the facility in the morning without no sleep, baby. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds like a man who's speaking from experience. Just, just a guess. All right. Uh, as we roll on, Tom Brady is a free agent. Brock Purdy has an injury that's going to keep him out six months. Uh, six months. Who's going to be the 49ers starting quarterback next year? They'll talk about it on First Take. Stephen A. Molly Keyshawn, top of the hour on ESPN. But first, we got the showdown. We got Hembo and Graziano, and it's sneaky. The Eagles became the second team to rush for 30 touchdowns and reach the Super Bowl in the same season. Who else did it? Next. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. We're back, and I've said it before, I'll say it again. Hembo is a very small man. This is a ridiculous tough. question. A little tough. The Eagles are the second team to rush for 30 touchdowns and make the Super Bowl. Not win the Super Bowl, but make the Super Bowl in the same season. Who's the only other team to do I, I don't know, because, like, the record is 36 by the 62 Packers, which was before the Super Bowl. Right. The, the 76 Steelers ran for 33, but they were not a Super Bowl team. Yeah. But the year before they were, so I'm going to guess the 75 Steelers because I feel like they had a lot of the same guys. It's a reasonable guess. It's not right. It's the 1983 Washington uh, football team, if you will. We know what they were called back then. John Riggins ran for 26 sure. of them. That's the team that went to oh, back-to-back Super Bowls. Good. Yeah. Can't he guess the 05 Seahawks? They had 29. The 05 good Seahawks calls. were very close. Good, good one way or another. Bring it in. Well Graz, I, I'm, I'm going to do that one under 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 protest. <laughs> it's a ridiculous question. Okay. He needed a win. Marcus, very quickly, I'll give, go to you first. First take is taken over in a minute and a half. They're gonna first debate is gonna be about Brady in San Francisco. Yes or no? If Tom Brady is the 49ers quarterback next year, they're the favorites in the NFC Swagoo. Yes or no? No, sir. Not at all. Okay. Simple as that. Tom Brady right now is not the guy that's going to put you above and beyond what you are as a football team based on what we watched last year. If he has a resurgence, great. But not right now. No. He's Philadelphia. The weapons he won the Super Bowl with were better then than the ones he would have in San Francisco. What do you think? Yeah, I don't agree with that. San Francisco had a top five offense. They got an all-pro tight end. They got Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Chris. Chris, Chris don't do that. The best left tackle in don't all of football. I don't agree. <laughs> See, you're yeah, doing this do to Marcus this. when we have 30 seconds do left this. in the show. It's unfair. Offense with three different quarterbacks. Exactly. How do you not have good <laughs> skill better. position players? Like, I mean, you're underrating these dudes. I, I, I don't know, man. There is going to come a morning relatively soon on this program. I'm higher than four Hall of Famous. <laughs> there was going to come a morning where we are going to be reporting that Tom Brady is the new quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers, and on that day, they will become the favorite to make it to the Super Bowl from the NFC. Trying not to get hit in the head with Canty Super Bowl. Fair enough. Great fun today. Thanks for getting up. We'll see you tomorrow. First take starts now. <laughs> 